to the world of digital sound. Hey there, good people of the internet. Welcome, welcome. This is Ken. This is the Ken Burton Show podcast story for this week. And, uh, wow, this one is going to take me back a long, long way. <laughs> Only reminded of this because of um, something I saw on the TV uh, last week. And I couldn't kind of get it out of my head, really. Um, and it was only because of the place uh, there was a murder in this this particular town, and uh, it was some anniversary of some murder, and I caught it, and uh, I thought, blimey, I, I remember that. So it kind of took me back to you know time, long time ago. Now we're going back to probably oh Christ, eighties, mid eighties, around about the mid eighties. And uh, I'm going to kick off by just saying to, that uh, usual stuff, any, all, part of, none, any, all uh, <laughs> of this podcast story may or may not be true. It is up to you, the listener, to decide and put your comments in the comment section on the intro video, which will go up on YouTube and let me know what you think, uh, because that's where you give me any form of feedback on these podcast stories and uh without you giving me feedback i think nobody's listening so i don't do them very often didn't do one last week if i remember but anyway uh and all characters by the way are fictional unless stated otherwise right okay bloody hell where do we start mid 80s we are the world had just been released Oh, God, that has only just come back to me. We are the world. And only because uh, I was driving uh, up north and that's that was being played over, on the radio over and over again. Anyway, uh, let's go back to the start of this. I'm in the midst of what I was doing. And for those of you who don't know what I was doing in my early part of my teen and late teen and early 20s years... Um, should go and listen to some of the other podcast stories. But uh, apart from what I did, apart from the repos, apart from the work we did with the boys, we also had home lives, you know. And uh, we had um, we had a, a death in the family. And... I was left to drive my folks up to uh, the funeral. And it was in a place called Burnley, which is... Is Burnley in Lancashire? I think it is. Um, and I, I took a, a trip up there with my folks, um, told everybody, you know, we won't be around for a few days. And uh, the boys were practically moved into my flat at this point anyway, so it was nice to get the fucking peace. Um... And what we were going to do was we were going to go and stay with my aunt. And uh, to say that she was my aunt is a bit... I, I, hadn't, I, I think I'd only met them twice. I think they, they moved up north somewhere and then they, they ended up in Burnley. Uh, over from Ireland. And, um, you know, it, it was just a, a string of the family I didn't know at all. And uh, <laughs> we took a drive up there. And there was me, a mum and dad, and uh, one of my cousins in the car. And I remember We Are The World coming over the radio. Over and over again. I mean, it's a fair old trip to Burnley. 
nowadays, I suppose it's all motorways and shit, but it wasn't that way then. And it was kind of, kind of weird, really. We got there the day before the funeral. And Burnley, I can only describe it as a modern-day Coronation Street. Google that if you don't know what that is. If you guys are in the States and you don't know what Coronation Street is, go and Google it. It's a a soap opera, basically, about a street up north. And uh, it was very much of that sort of ilk, you know. It was was oldie-worldie. It was, Christ... It just seemed like it was another world to me. It was a it was a very different world. It's bizarre. But anyway, we um, we went up there and uh, we stayed the night and we got to meet a number of people in the family and a lot of them I hadn't met before. A lot of them I had, but a lot of them I hadn't met before. And we got to chatting away with some of them. And I met up with a young girl called Kathy. Now, Kathy was 19. I think she was 19. And uh, the the person that had died, by the way, was a very elderly relative. I, did, I, pff, I can't even remember ever speaking to them, let alone seeing them. I didn't know who they were, basically, when I was only there to take my parents up, really. And Kathy was, was I think it was, oh God, it must have been Kathy's grandmother on one side of her family, the other side to ours, anyway. And uh, we were trying to work out, me and Kathy, how that made us related. And we're in the kitchen in this Burnley house, terraced house trying to work out how many times removed we were as cousins (laughs) and it was really funny it was um it was great she had the most fantastic accent i'd ever heard because she were from burnley and she were from up north wasn't she aye and she was burnley born and bred and uh her family were you know very heavily heavily involved in the coal industry when they had one um and she was um i think she was at university or something was she at university or college i can't remember does it matter kathy was um about five foot five she had long black hair and she was a very good-looking girl. And, of course, the piss-taking started because we had various relatives that I did know that were there at the house. And people would be coming up and going, fucking hell, Ken, didn't tell you long. <laughs> say, look, how many talking to her? Jesus. And um, that was kind of how it was, really. My mum gave me a bollocking. Uh, when, when I went over I, t- I said to my mum do you want a drink and she was in the lounge with some other people and she said you should be bloody ashamed of yourself <laughs> <laughs> we've come up here for a funeral 
Oh, God. Me dad's there going, get him, son. <laughs> oh. So anyway, me and Kathy kind of hit it off. And uh, following day, cars turned up at 10 o'clock. And they took us down to uh, Burnley Cemetery. And um, all the usual stuff, really. I mean, the, you know, usual stuff that happens. And then we went to... Um, we did the whole service and, and all of that sort of stuff. Anyway, I won't talk about that too much. I mean, for some reason cemeteries and funerals talking about them it, it quite kind of um it quite upsets me these days really understand why that is but it just does it just kind of upsets me been to too many i think been to too many seen too many good friends carried the coffins of too many good friends all the time thinking there but for the grace of god go me and um well, we left there anyway, and we all went to a pub for the wake, and they'd hired out this pub. And Kathy and I were were chatting away, and we were getting on great. And uh, I don't know really; it, it just seemed like you know she was um, particularly nice person to know, and uh, I really enjoyed her company um if i remember correctly she lived in a know whereabouts in burnley she lived i, I was gonna say something like hammersham something like that so anyway um she had to get back um and we were staying again that night and we were leaving the following morning so she had to get back and i said i'd give her a lift so we drove back to uh, her place which was her parents place and she didn't have a place for her own and uh, she had to get back she had to get a train the following day to get back to university or wherever it was can't remember what university she was going to anyway um, we had a chat I went into her house uh, we had a conversation about how it's a shame that, you know, it would never work because we're so far away from each other. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she said, well, we've got the time now. And um, one thing led to another. I left the house, I think about six o'clock that night went back to the house in Burnley and uh, we said we'd stay in touch, you know. And the following day, you know, after all the piss taking when I got back, oh, are you missing your little girlfriend? We, um, we, uh, went back to Coventry. So, Month went by. First few days, I'd phoned her a couple of times. Second week, I phoned her once. Third week, didn't phone her at all. 
fourth week, I think she phoned me. And then I didn't speak to her at all. And uh, Christ, I guess it was bloody hell. must have been coming on to, oh, it was after my birthday. So it must have been April, May time. And uh, New Coke was all over everywhere. Coca-Cola had released New Coke and they had a massive advertising campaign. I remember getting really pissed off. You couldn't have the radio on. You couldn't, um, you couldn't watch the TV without seeing an advert for New Coke. And uh, I'm sat in the flat with the boys and we're having a few beers. And I got a phone call from my mum. And she was saying, oh, how are you doing? You know, how's things? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. No, it's Sunday. She usually phoned on a Sunday. So um, we got chatting and she said almost as a kind of by the way. Do you remember that Kathy that you met up when we went to the funeral? Yeah. She um, She's in some trouble. I said, really? I said, yeah, she's apparently uh, been attacked up north and uh, the family were all kind of rallying around seeing what they could do. But um, basically she, she's, uh, she's put a knife in some girl. I thought, fucking hell. You've got to be kidding me. She's like the like the most serene, polite, nicest person ever. The fuck is that happen? How did that happen? That is just mad. I said, well, what's the story behind that then? So I don't know. She's she's put a knife in some girl up in Burnley. Fuck it now. Okay, that's a shame, isn't it? But uh, all right, well, let me know if you hear anything. She went, yeah, sure. Anyway, I got talking to the boys and I told the boys all about it. Sat there chatting away and having a drink and a laugh. That night, I couldn't sleep. Couldn't really work it out. And... I just couldn't I just couldn't get my head around it. How would how could somebody I knew like three or four months ago change that much? Don't really understand it. Anyway, the following day I phoned her. And the phone went straight to voicemail. And I left a message. I said, It's Ken. Uh, uh, I spoke to my mum, she said you had a problem. I was just wondering if everything was okay. Well anyway heard nothing and late that night her um, sister phoned me and she said Kathy's uh, in police custody and they're not letting her out I thought fuck it now it's pretty serious then. 
said, yeah, this girl's borderline as to whether or not she would live. She had a shitload of blood loss. And I said to her, what what the fuck happened? (laughs) And she said, she was in Lighten Hill Park. She was um, with a couple of friends. Group of girls came over and one of them pulled a knife. Said all the girls ran and uh, they were chased by the other girls. And then towards one edge of this park, apparently, one of these girls had caught up with Kathy and tried to put a knife in her. And Kathy fought back and the knife went in this girl's stomach. And as the rough and tumble went on, it kind of ripped her quite a bit, hence the blood loss. And I said to her, you know, this, no way does this sound like Kathy. She said, I don't really understand it. I don't, I don't know where this has come from. We don't know why these girls did what they did. We don't know them. Um, and we just have got no idea. I said, well, look, if there's anything that I can do, you know, and, you know, please keep me informed. So, must have been a couple of days, probably a week, and I got a phone call, and it was from Kathy, and she said, I've been let out on bail. She said, I've been to court and they've charged me and now they've bailed me. I said, what have they charged you with? They've charged me with uh, attempted murder. Like, fucking hell. So what, what, what happened? She said, it was the weirdest thing. She was in the park with her friends some guy came over, asked her for a light. She gave the guy a light. He then said, uh, can I just tell you something? And she said, what? And he leaned over and whispered in her ear, you're, you're really lovely, or something like that. And then he turned around and looked and smiled at a group of girls. And then he went walking off. Said so the next thing we know, said me and my friends, was these girls had walked up to us and one of them pulled a knife. And then, well, I know the rest. I, I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I sat down and... Uh, talked to the boys after the conversation and I said look that's just the weirdest fucking thing though isn't it and the various theories came to light you know do you reckon he was um, trying to make some girl jealous so he went over and spoke to another girl right? and then she lost it it was very possible 
We spent quite a bit of time uh, that night drinking, just going through it, the things that could happen. General consensus is, well, there's nothing you can fucking do about it. <sighs> like, yeah, but it was just kind of nagging at me, really. So anyway, I phoned her. It was, must have been about, Christ, just before midnight. And I said, I'm coming up tomorrow. Uh, can you ask your folks if I can stay over? And she was like, yeah, sure. She said, I'll phone you back tomorrow. They're in bed. Okay. Following day, got my car. A couple of the boys said, well, what are you going to do about it, you know? I don't know. Don't know what I'm going to do about it. Well, let us come with you. Nah. I'll just go up. So... I took a trip up there and uh, said hello to her parents and did all the commiserations thing when I got there and, you know, big hugs and all the rest of it and deep in meaningful conversations about what had happened. Oh, it's my fucking phone. Her dad was furious. I mean, he was fucking furious. And... I didn't know if there was anything I could do. So I thought, one of the things I can do is go and take a trip out of this park and see if these guys are around. See if this bloke's around. Or these girls are around. See if anybody knows anything. Just, you know, maybe just ask a few questions. If it's the sort of park that, like, Coventry has parks, then there's kids hanging around all over the place, so... So I took a trip down, parked the car, went into the park. And true enough, there were kids everywhere. <laughs> there was guys on skateboards and, you know. And there was a woman in there walking a dog. Well, a woman, girl, walking a dog. And so I, I said how cute the dog was, made conversation, you know. And she was like, uh, <laughs> haven't you got a posh accent? I said, nah, not really. I said, I heard there was a, there was a stab in here. She went, oh yeah, that, uh, that Kathy girl. I said, do you know her? She said, no. Nah. She said, no, nah, I know who she stabbed though. Right little bitch. If anyone deserved to get stabbed, she did. I was like, right, okay. Because Kathy's being done for it. I said, oh, yeah, well, she would be, wouldn't she? I said, why? I said, because one of the girls that this girl that got stabbed was with made sure that Kathy's prints were all over the knife. She put the knife into Kathy's hand. They put her down. She was on the ground crying. They put her down and put the knife in her hand. So she had blood all over her. I said, but yeah, but she did do it. He said, well, yeah, she may have done it. But these girls made sure that she was going down for it. Fucking hell. I said, and who's the boyfriend? I said, there was a bloke involved, wasn't there? She said, oh, yeah. And then she gave me a name. 
So I went round the park, asking about this guy. A couple of people told me to fuck off. A couple of people just walked past me, looking at me as if I was some sort of pedo. Why did you didn't get pedos in parks in those days? Well, you probably did. They just weren't reported. And then I bumped into a, a group of lads drinking cans. And I said to one of them, uh, do you know where I can find, I've, let's call him Brad. Do you know where I can find Brad? And usual response, who's looking? I said, no, I just, you know, just heard he, uh, he got involved in some shit, thought I might be able to help. I said, really? Yeah. And then one of them goes, that's me, mate. So, so you're Brad then? Yeah. So do you want to, do you want to tell me what happened then? So why should I tell you fucking anything, mate? I'm just an interested party. I'm a friend of Kathy's. Just want to know what happened. He said, oh, fuck off. And he went to walk away. There was uh, a crowd of at least five. Some other kids hanging on the fringes. And I did the stupidest thing. I pulled my Sig Souser out of the back of my belt and pointed it in his face. And he said something along the lines of, you can fuck off with your toy guns around here, mate. So I shot the gun into the grass just behind him. So do you still think it's a fucking toy? Well, his mates didn't know what to do. A couple of them legged it. Um, couple of them, couple of them just stayed there shocked. And it, he just said, look, it was a joke, mate. It was a joke. It just went wrong. I said, well, what was the joke? And his mates then started chipping in and saying, he, look, he was trying to make her jealous. Uh, we guessed it. Yeah, we guessed it right. So you made out that what you and Kathy were a thing. She was your new girlfriend. He said something like that. I said, then you better go and tell the police what you know. And you better go and tell them whose the knife was and where it came from and who pulled the knife on who. In fact, all of you fuckers that were here that night need to go and tell the police what you know. Well, <laughs> that's when it all got a little bit stupid. And I could hear the sirens. And some fucker had run to a house and called the cops. 
and I just left these guys with, do yourself a favour, mate. Tell the police what you know. And, uh, I told them to fuck off. And they did. Well, I went back to the car, got in the car, went back to Kathy's. And I said to Kathy, I don't think I've just helped the situation. So why? I said, because I've just fucking lost my rag with these guys and pulled a gun on them. And she was like, where the fuck did you get a gun? So well, there's a lot you don't know about me, sweetheart. Anyway, she got uh, her little brother, uh, who was upstairs. And I said to her, the cops are going to be here in about five minutes. You know that. I said, has your brother got any uh, toy guns? She said, yeah. So get me the most realistic looking one you can. And... She went upstairs, she came back with this water pistol-esque type gun. Didn't look anything like my SIG, but at least it was black. So I put that in my pocket, gave Kathy my gun and said, can you lose this somewhere for a little while? She did. Cops turn up and uh, <laughs> they they kind of put two and two together. They wanted to know who I was and they knew that Kathy was the lead. Kathy's family was the lead. They didn't realise I'd be there, I don't think, because they were really shocked <laughs> when uh, they came to the door and said, do you know a bloke and this is description? I said, oh yeah, that's Ken. I said, do you know where we can find him? And I, I come out the front room to the front door and said, uh, are you looking for me? And these two cops looked absolutely, they went white as a sheet because obviously they thought I was fucking armed. And they said, uh, we want to talk to you about an incident in uh, Litton Hill Park. And I went, oh yeah, right. So the two lads have said, you pulled a gun. And I took it out of my pocket and handed it to them barrel first. And when you get a close look at it, it's very obviously a fucking water pistol. I said, yeah, I was going to drown him. And the cops looked at it and went, you pulled this on them? I said, yeah. He said, they, they said you shot them. I said, then they're fucking liars, aren't they? It's a water pistol. And the cops came in, we sat down, we talked. And the cops weren't exactly all that pleased with these lads. But they'd all said I'd pulled a gun. I said, then they're all fucking lying. And I fully expected that the cops would take me in, and they didn't. They left more than happy at what they'd heard. They gave me a bollocking, but... Apart from that, they swallowed the fact that I'd pulled the water pistol 
and they decided that it was the kids in the park that were lying. Uh, so they left. And I asked Kathy to make some phone calls and get me some names and some addresses. Well, there's quite a few areas in Burnley. Um, one of these guys was uh, up near a place called Christ. Was it Crowwood? Something like that? I don't know. Um, one of these guys was up there. A uh, couple of the guys lived in a place called Scott Park. And another one was apparently somewhere near a cricket club or something. So I said to her, oh man, the only way that this is going to go right is if I can make it right. And he said to me, you do what you got to do, son. And I went out and hung around in my car outside the first guy's house, the guy, Brad. And he came out and he, he came out of his house after about an hour and a half of me being there. He walked down the road, then down a, what they call a snicket up north, his little alleyway. And I got him in this alleyway. And the first thing I did was come up behind him and smack him in his ribs really fucking hard. As he hit the floor, I probably kicked him 10, 15 times and then got down and smashed the fuck out of his face. And I said to him, what did you tell the cops? Do you think I'm fucking playing here, son? And he was like, no, no, mate, no, 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 no. Said so you've got one more chance. You've got one more chance to tell the cops what happened. Because the next time you and I meet, you're not going to see my face. All you're going to see is a fucking bullet going through your ass, and then coming out the top of your head. Piece of shit. And then I smacked him again, left him on the floor. Now I could tell from when I'd had my previous encounter with these kids that there was Brad. And there was another lad who was particularly mouthy. And I knew I'd been given an address for him as well. So I got my map out, got back in my car and went round to his place. Well, I waited outside his place until close to midnight. And I saw him coming down the street. And he'd obviously been drinking. And so... I got out of the car, kept my head down, walked towards him. As he was almost past me, grabbed him. And put him on the deck. I didn't say a word to him. I just laid the fuck out of him. Punch after punch after punch just left him there 
kicked in and fucked up. Now, I'm not that stupid, and I was wearing gloves, which were then discarded on the way back to uh, Kathy's house. And following day, police turn up. And it could have gone either one of two ways. Either they were there for me, or they were there to speak to her. As it happens, they were there to speak to her. They basically told her that these two lads had gone into the neck and spun some story about how one of them wanted to tell the truth, the other one didn't, so they had a fight. And as they were both smashed to fuck, the police believed them. But they'd come to the conclusion that the best thing to do was tell the truth. And so the girl was arrested and had been taken into custody. And the cops were there to tell Kathy that the chances are that it would be considered to be self-defense as the boys have come clean on what's happened and uh, they reckon everyone else is going to roll over as well the people that were there and tell the truth even about putting the knife in her hand The strangest thing then happened. Police left. And, uh, Kathy basically, um, stood up and slapped me around the face. And then she started beating on me as best she could anyway. Wasn't making much impact. And she was just saying, I can't believe you did that. You're not the person I thought you were. You come up here with a gun, threaten people. You've beat people up. And then she said, you don't know me. I said, no, I don't. don't know you at all. But I don't like bad things happening to good people. Her dad was really... Uh, he was really very, very grateful. Her mum didn't know what to make of it, and Kathy had run upstairs at this point. Now, the weird thing was that I, I left like, within half an hour of that. 
I absolutely and fully expected when I got back that she'd phone me. Thank me. And she didn't. She didn't. Two weeks went by. I had a call from my mum after the first week saying, um, did you have anything to do with this thing in Burnley? I said, what thing? And she was like, yeah, don't play the innocent. You know what I'm talking about. So, but Kathy's been let off all charges. They're considering it self-defense. I said, well, that's good. And she asked me what I did. And I said, ma'am, come on. And she said, whatever it was, there are a lot of people who seem to think you're some sort of hero. And she said, but from what I've heard and what I've been told, I'm not one of them. And then she said to me, you're my son and I love you. But sometimes I don't like you very much. I learned a valuable lesson that day. About keeping my nose out of other people's business. I was really, um, I was really fortunate as well because there was a lot of talk afterwards about various people making contact from that area. People in Burnley had friends in Manchester and they kind of worked out or heard that I came from Coventry and they were phoning down asking who I was and, you know. And I said, you know, if these two guys want to come down for a rematch, they feel fucking free, you know. They never did. And all I got for my trouble was just pissed off everybody around me. The boys that I hung around with, they couldn't believe I'd done this without getting some backup. So they were pissed off. Kathy fucking hated me because I was some violent thug. Her family were kind of grateful for what I did, but they didn't like the way I did it. And all the family had heard a version of events. And none of them liked it either. Kind of got ostracised really for that. There was a uh, wedding that took place. Ten years afterwards. And um, it was a kind of mutual cousin. 
and I went. And uh, it was the first time in 10 years I'd had anything to do with that side of the family. And I met up with Kathy's old man. And he said, um, Kathy's not here. I said, no. I said, no. She asked if you were coming. I don't, I never really got my head around the logic of it. I've left a lot of the detail out. But I, I just never got the logic. I don't know why I did it. I mean, I, did I want to be a hero? Did I want to... I think, I think what I wanted was to, for her to think I was some kind of hero, some kind of big man. And I ended up looking really fucking small and insignificant. Because that's what thugs are. Small, insignificant people. Who talk with their fists. I haven't heard anything uh, from that side of the family ever since. Uh, my folks don't tell me about it. Uh, that side of the family completely ignore me now anyway. And people do, you know, people run from trouble. People... People do run from trouble. And I was trouble. And I always found it to be such a shame... This goes to show. So my life went back to normal after that. And uh, I guess if anything changed, it was, it was pretty much that. It was pretty much You solve problems like that with violence as a last resort. Not your first option. Lesson learned. I've still maintained I've, I've, I'm not and I've never been a violent person. I still maintain that. But at that time, in that place, in that circumstance, would I have done the same thing again? Or would I have not done anything and then regretted it? When an innocent girl goes to jail. Quandaries of life. But that's it, guys. You make up your own minds. It's difficult, though, isn't it? I mean, you listen to the bare details of a story like that. 
Did I do wrong? Did I do right? Good thing? Bad thing? I've still no idea. All I remember is Kathy's face. God, she hated me. Still does, probably. Probably still does. Guys, I'm out. This has been Ken. This has been the Ken Burton Show podcast story. And your comments will be greatly appreciated. Maybe still got a few demons to work out on this one. I'll see you on the dark side. Take care. Shutting down all systems.